Welcome back to the Slowdown Podcast. Welcome back to the Slowdown Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you were going to like jump in with like a little something. Welcome back to the Slowdown Podcast. Let's, oh, all work on our, let's all work on our welcome back to the Slowdown. Let's all work on our best radio voice. Welcome back to the Slowdown Podcast. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, you win, dude. Pretty, uh, it was, I mean, it was annoying, Oh, for but sure. it was, but it was executed well. You yeah. think I can get a contract on that? Maybe. I think it just all depends on like what kind of podcast it is, like who the audience is. Cause I mean, I could get a contract, right? For some, you're like, Hey. Oh, your voice is like, yeah, it's like a, a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast about like bourbon and country music. Like old school country music. Old school, that your yeah. voice is like perfect for that. My voice is perfect for nothing. I hate my voice. <laughs> it well, sucks. I was going to tell you not to feel bad, but. No, you, it's, it's okay. You're not going to tell me anything I already don't know about my own voice. I hate it. Did you know that the feeling is mutual? That you hate my voice? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That would just be one other thing we have in common. Yeah, this is my friend Russ. We um we both we we're both foodies. Um, we both have a lot of things in common. One of which is we both hate my voice. <laughs> nice to meet you. We do a lot of work together. <laughs> oh man, dude, we're heading yes. out to uh, heading out to the West Coast, man. Sunny oh, CA. It's coming up, dude. I wish we can cue that Biggie Smalls going back to Cali music right now. Yeah, get the Tupac version right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Red Hot Chili Peppers. What are your best, who are your favorite Cali Papa's bands? Papa's? Come on. Just keep going with this. Can we go favorite Cali bands? Ooh. See, for me growing up in the 90s, I was a skater, big into 90s everything, hip-hop, but also punk rock. I mean, all the good, you know, melodic punk was coming out of California. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they definitely have put out some good music, man. There is, there is no getting around that. And I don't know. So I kind of grew up listening to a lot of old school stuff. Credence Clearwater Revival. Where were they from? California, man. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I mean, Fogarty, is that right? Yeah, I mean, Fogarty, that, you know, like when you hear him, you know, in the music, he's got like this like sort of New Orleans, you know, like accent in a sense, talks a lot about the bayou, but he actually never went there too. He's like an adult and just kind of hmm. fell in love with it and just really started to identify himself with that. But, but the band itself is, you know, from California. Yeah, you would nev- you'd he, he never well. think that, you know. Whereas, like, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, you know they're from California because that's all they sing about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there is no second guess in there, man. No, not at all. I mean, even early 90s, right? Like, Offspring. That's a California band. Rage Against the Machine, right? Sublime. 
Like, dude, I'm just saying, like you're talking about, like just being the early sublime. '90s kids, dude. It's just like left and right. You know, Dre's out of there, right? Ice Cube's out of there. DZ, the NWA sound, all that came out. More, yeah, I was more into some of that. And I'm, of course, when I say this, I'm gonna sound like such a douche, right? It's like, oh, here's Tony talking about his indie music. But you know, I mean, you mentioned Offspring. I was thinking of all the Fat Records bands, and then when you say California hip hop, I'm thinking of like hieroglyphics and Del the Funky Homo Sapien and Dilated Peoples and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But of course, you can't say that without getting made fun of, right? Because as soon as someone knows a little something. Right? People feel threatened and they need to make fun of them. It's true. How would you make fun of somebody like that, Tony? What would you say about you? What I just did. Oh, here comes Tony, though, this indie music. <laughs> that was almost like you making fun of yourself so that we wouldn't follow it's like, your, your, yeah. your, your you know, next statement with making fun of you. Have enough self awareness to know when even you sound douchey. Okay. Just. <laughs> We all are to a degree. We all are. Everybody is. We all sound pretentious yes. to a degree. Just kind of own it, man. Right? Just own it. I'm with you, man. And just have the grace, right? To, to like, find the grace to be able to laugh at yourself. As I much as right as you laugh I'm at I'm a total people. tool, especially when it comes to this. I get it. Yeah. What did Sarah say in Indy when we were talking about music? She was like, why are your eyes so judgy right now? <laughs> She's like, you got judgy eyes, dude. Got judgy oh. eyes. I was like, dude, is it that apparent? Yep. <laughs> Man, I can't hide anything. What's wrong with me? This is what this podcast is about. This podcast is about what's wrong, what's wrong with Tony. What's wrong with Tony? <laughs> well, the good news is lots. <laughs> And uh, the better news is that there's lots wrong with all of us. And the better news news. outside of that is God delights to rescue us in Christ. And he enters into a relationship with our actual selves, not our ideal selves. Yeah, man. And that, that is definitely good news for a world that's dying under the project of self right now. We're continuing a conversation on what we call life in three spaces. Um, we kicked off the, the very last podcast. If you listen to the one uh, prior to this, we really dove in a lot on space one, space two, talked about the Great Commission a little bit, that idea of going, really framed it more in terms of how Jesus lived that out as you're going. He didn't set up, right, like a permanent fixture of a building or a time in a one location where he invited all to come and, and hear him and, and be healed. He really kind of had a ministry of, of walking around a lot of what he did, meeting yeah. people where he was. A lot of meals, a lot yep. of parties. As he was going, as he was, as he was yep. traveling, which ties into Matthew 28, right? The go there is, it's a participle verb. It's better translated as you're going. Jesus is inviting us to um, really like imagine us as the reconciled with the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation, second Corinthians five, the man just be on our blocks to be in our, 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 our cities, our communities, our neighborhoods, our workspaces. Um, those, those places that we find connection and community outside of our norms, like our networks, like, you know, going to the gym, you know, local craft brewery, if you're diving into coffee, if you ride motorcycles, um, if you join a volleyball league, like whatever it is, um, what does it look like to just be present there, be a friend, love people, jump in with, with people. 
and then figure out from there, like, what do they need? Where are they comfortable? What's their rhythm? What is the conversation? Where, where, are, where, are, where are they at specifically? Because we talked about how the church all too often is very good at starting with them. We start mm-hmm. with us, right? And so we have these permanent fixture spaces, like literally church buildings with fixed service times. And then we think to ourselves, well, man, if I really want my neighbor to come and be a part of this conversation, a part of this relationship, um, I need to invite them into here. And we have no imagination for how we might go and join the people that we, we love, which is what first, you know, first and second space is designed for is, um, is to really just kind of put a little language to just this basic idea of we're the body of Christ, where we live, work and play. What would it look like to carry good news, right? Mm. To those people where they are. Yeah, man. Meeting them where they are, right? With good news in the everyday flows of life we talked about uh you know in our in our last episode not just what does that look like but even what does it look like to connect further with them to host that dinner right to throw that party or better yet to join in on the ones that we get invited to go surf together right camp together hit up some new you know food spot in your town together whatever it is that you're into go to a game together i just think there's some really natural fun ways to to not just go to all people but even connect with people that are open yeah the conversation of just who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's declared in light of, in, in light of the, those very spaces that we're in. And of course, where we're going today is just going, all right, well, well then what? I've gone to people, right? Like, I, I believe in Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm learning from him. I'm, and for whatever reason, I've got this heart for people that I, that I love. And I want to see them experience the same freedom and family that I found. Amen. And so we have people who have you know, listen in on the last episode, they've, they've, they've thought about these things. They've stepped into the very spaces where they're already at. Um, just make this clear. They didn't have to add anything new to their schedules. This isn't something that, that, that should be cumbersome. <laughs> Instead, they just began to look at where they were already at and said, man, how do I just start to love and listen well here and begin to share good news naturally? In fact, if anything, they've removed things from their schedule. They found the freedom yeah. to be less busy. Yeah, even step away from things if needed. And sometimes that's even stepping away from all these activities that you can find yourself in within like church structures um, so that you have some more time to really just be present with people in and around you. It is a little odd when you think about being the body of Christ in the world, right? Like us being the church, the body of Christ, and not having any time in our schedules to actually do what the body of Christ did when he walked the earth. Yeah. All while you know, flying the flag of, Sorry, I'm just really busy with church. Well, I knew I needed to quit my job at this big church I was working at when I found myself actually in conversation with people telling them, yeah, don't sign up for any of that. <laughs> just, just, just love your neighbors and, and, and build in these friendships into your schedule. And I'm like, I don't think I'm doing my job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm telling a different story and I probably need to quit and pursue something different. Pursue something different. And if that's your story, amen. Or if you can right, find ways to do that within what you're doing, amen to that as well. But for us, the conversation today is in what we call like the third space. If you're familiar with some of these ideas, for us, the third space is not this, uh, oh, yeah, that's, like, that, that, that's the gym I go to, or that's the coffee shop I hang out at. No. Oh, the old idea of third place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think for some people, that's kind of still in their minds, where for us, looking at how Jesus seems to go about things, he's going to people, he's then connecting further with people, and he's then hitting a pause button with people that are hungry, people that have said, you know, hey, I'm in, 
I might not fully know all this, believe all this, right? I might not even believe yet, but I'm hungry. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I want to walk with you. So we, we call like we call that that space, that third space, like th- th- just this opportunity to hit a pause button with people that are hungry. And naturally, as we talked about in our last podcast, those people that you're loving on and reaching out to, they're the filter for when and where and how you would go about hitting a pause button to press in on the things of God, whether that's one-on-one or one with a few or 10 people in a living room or even larger, right? Whatever it needs to look like. But taking a look at that space, uh, what it entails, what, what, we, what we see in the life of Jesus in the New Testament church in and around that. And then, of course, how we can step into that ourselves right now, today, in the everyday, um, and yeah, really so, just participate in that. That's, that's so, where we're going. So, Russ, maybe you can answer this question. Where, where are you seeing in the life of Jesus that third space play out? I feel like it's, it's oftentimes Jesus with the disciples in conversations that seem to be happening outside of conversations where he's talking with other people. And so when we look in the scriptures, we see these moments where Jesus is sharing and teaching in, in parables. And then it's later on, it almost seems like they're reclining around the table with Jesus, which would be a very normal thing in his culture. He's always being referred to, the, to as this guy who's eating and drinking with the sinners and tax collectors. So we definitely know that he went about um, life having a lot of meals. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be like this idea of a meal or a campfire or something where like as they're walking and going about sharing good news, he's hitting this pause button with the disciples who are going, hey, earlier today you said, you know, this, what, what does that mean? Or later on, he, he's perceiving where they're at and he's saying, hey, um, you've heard that, you know, this, but who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. So there are these, these conversations that we constantly see. We see conversations where, he, where he's telling the disciples, who they are in him and what that he's called them into and what they need to leave behind and how he's sending them out and now go. You yeah. see him right grabbing a few to go and pray, right? Or to watch as he prays. <laughs> to sleep while he prays. <laughs> to sleep while he prays. But there's like, but even in that, right? There's a there's a there's a pausing and there's a learning and a shaping of people, I feel like, in those moments, in those spaces. Yeah. And you definitely see the difference because Jesus seems to be having one conversation with people over here. And then it seems to have another conversation with, with people, um, you know, whether it's like this party at Zacchaeus's house or Matthew's house, sort of that second space idea. But then you see this sort of deeper conversation into the meanings and understandings and misconceptions that the disciples themselves had mm-hmm. uh, at a different time. Yeah. So we just refer to those spaces again, whenever, wherever, however they need to look, the people are the filter. Um, hitting a pause button is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And just being hungry would be the only criteria. Cool. So I want to uh, take some time to maybe for us to share like what some third spaces have looked like uh, for us. And I also want to talk about the idea of like jumping into first and second spaces together as a community in a third space too. But I want to share a personal story of when I first interacted with your teaching on life in three spaces and what's kind of like pointing me to, so you were pointing these things out to me in, in 2014 when I first interacted with them and how helpful it was to me. So I'm in a context where I'm, you know, a campus pastor, it's a large church, we're growing, uh, we're over 500. And I always had this idea of, right? Like discipleship, you know, like we need to do that community. We need to do that mission. We need to do that, but gathering, we need to do that too. 
And I was having a really, really hard time putting it all together and seeing it how, you know, it all was, you know, supposed to work. And in a lot of ways I met you, you know, I was looking for like a magic bullet or like a paradigm, you know, to do that. But I always struggled with this idea because I was so fixed on that Sunday gathering in that fixed building, fixed time of how we could in that space, like share good news with those who don't belong, but then also like equip to and like disciple those who do belong. And I remember kind of like Keller making a little bit of sense, but then when I realized, hey, maybe all of these things you see Jesus doing, they weren't intended for one space. Maybe it's multiple spaces because people are at different places and different times and they're struggling with different things, you know what I'm saying, in their journey. And we need to envision a lot of what he's doing, both with the disciples and with the woman at the well and with Zacchaeus and all the myriad of people that he interacts with. Maybe we need to see these in different conversations in different spaces because they are in different places themselves personally. And I remember just a light bulb went off for me and I was like, oh, dude, yes. And all you did was just point me to the life of Jesus in that. And I think the idea of first, second, and third space is kind of like evolved it's it's gotten a little bit like more nuanced especially as we've practiced and we we've done these things ourselves um but dude it was so it was very very clarifying for Mm -hmm. me personally well amen to that man and i think uh i think there's just there's some real value in it right when you when you start to pull back and go huh if god becomes flesh and dwells among us and seems to know humanity better than we do and this is how he goes about it maybe there's something we can learn here yeah, and I think another thing is I think we need to be careful right now to pause and and to answer what we would assume is a question as to how does this whole life in three space three spaces fit into like this idea like my idea of church or yeah. a church gathering. And so I think that would be a pretty helpful conversation. I think it's I think it's important to know that we our positions always traditional church as it exists right now. We're not saying stop doing that. We're not saying that that's bad or that's wrong because people show up to that and people matter. There's a lot of ministry to be done. Even um, earlier today, Ryan and I were talking about um, just the people that, you know, culturally, they just church is like a part of their just what they do on a Sunday. And yet there's a lack of relationship with Jesus. They don't understand that he's a God of, of freedom and, and and really what what Jesus has done. They think it's, you know, like a a thing of like performance and works and, you know, all these, all these other things. But we, we do need to grapple with the fact that when Jesus ascended, he didn't give them, right. He didn't hand a church service off to them. All right, Peter, you're picking, you're picking up, uh, you know, the sermon series next week, John, you got youth group, um, Andrew, you got children's ministry. Uh, the rest of you guys are greeters and we're going to need someone to pray. Who's going to do that? You know, like with Jesus was handing out the, Peter, you just need to. <laughs> What'd you say? So not you, Peter. <laughs> not you, Peter. Yeah. So he gave us a mission, right? To to go and to disciple in the ways that he did, and that's what we see the early church doing. In the in the place that we always go to is Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five, because it's really here's the thing about scripture. As much as big of a deal as we make about church gatherings and what to do inside church gatherings, the New Testament doesn't match that energy or emphasis or focus. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're going to be really hard pressed to find a lot of detail as to what they did when they gathered, but you have these few little glimpses. First Corinthians is one of them, but here in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, you see the writer say, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglect to meet together 
as is the habit of some. I used to preach that passage. I've heard that passage a million times saying, you better get your butt to church, right? <laughs> Don't neglect the, 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 the meeting together, as is the habit of some. But what should we do when we do get together and meet? The writer of Hebrews says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. A glimpse into these early communities was a gathering of mutual encouragement, togetherness. And it's kind of cool when you think about it, like you see how Jesus would hit a pause button to press in and encourage, right, people that were following him. And then you look to the New Testament church and you go, oh, this is just another, like a, a fast growing movement of people that seem to be doing the same things that Jesus did. And then they're hitting a pause button to press in with each other and inviting other people who are hungry to come and join in. That said, this is a movement, according to the scriptures, that's primarily, primarily led by everyday and unnamed people. Yeah. The gathering place was in a home. It was around a meal. All the communion that we see in the scriptures, which is something that they would do when they gathered together, is again a meal. And not, not, a, not a thimble and a wafer, but an actual meal. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed to be that the, the gathering was, was simple. Anyone could do it, right? A meal, right? Prayer, encouragement of one, you know, to one another. These are the things that we're seeing. And I, and I love the fact that we, we see them just simply doing what we see Jesus doing. Yes. And we find a freedom in that to go and run in those things. So when it says don't forsake the gathering, it's saying, hey, to this persecuted church, right? That's the writer of Hebrews is talking to that's having to meet in homes. Don't, don't stop. Life is hard. And you're also being oppressed because of your faith. So as you continue to seek to love and, and reach out to the people in and around you, don't forsake getting together to encourage one another. Mutual edification in a gathering is a lot different than everyone listening to one person yeah. edify. Hmm. Yep. And so do we all learn in this? Yes. Can we all participate in discipling others as we're also discipled, encourage others as we're also encouraged, love on others as we're also loved on, pray for others as we're also prayed for? Yeah. And that's what they did when they gathered. You know, what's so crazy, man, is going back to the timeless functions of discipleship, presence, listening, sharing, and inviting and teaching. You find yourself really kind of like doing those same things in third space. It's a yeah. rhythm of presence. Uh, we're listening to one another, right? We're creating space at the table for a meal. And it's a, it's a culture of, of grace and belonging. And people know that they can come with their faith and their unfaith, their sorrows and their celebrations, right? They can come with whatever they got going on. And we will celebrate together. We will weep with one another. We will listen. We will, we will pray. And, but the important thing is, is when you imagine a, a church family interacting like this, or when you say the word church or I'm a part of a church and you interact like this, you learn how to be present, listen, share in light of where people are, right? Invite people into belief. Yeah. It's the same stuff that you do in your first and second spaces. Yeah. How you go about reaching out to others. Yeah. It's the same way you go about, you know, reaching into one another. And there's something really cool about that. Something really simple something very biblical. Can you meet in a large gathering? Is, is that how you can hit a pause button as a church? Sure. But that said, what we see in the scriptures that we're also allowed to do is, is to be able to circle up with people anywhere we need to at any time, any day of the week, um, even around the simplicity of a meal, drinks, whatever it might be. And so I think just knowing that and seeing like, okay, so we're going to all people, we're connecting with the open, we're pausing with those that are hungry to encourage one another as we just continue to live this thing out. I guess if you have to sum this up, we're talking about 
a timeless framework for how we can go about being the church, being the body of Christ in the world, seeing the church grow as new people become believers and then join into this very life of Jesus. Mm. Something that involves everyone. Mm -hmm. I think there's something really, really beautiful about that and something really biblical about that and something that's really needed today. So with all that said, let's, uh, Let's, let's close this out with just a couple of like just real practical examples of what, of what someone who's listening to this right now could do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go because, you know, we had um, our third space met last night. Pam made her paleo chili, which mm. is some of the best chili I've ever had. Um, I love chili. Gosh. Pam made it and everybody else chipped in with, you know, cheese and sour cream and cornbread and oyster crackers and, you know, uh, Game of Thrones themed Oreos. And um, we, we sat together as a church family and we ate food together. And it was really cool to see just us asking just different follow-up questions from the week before. Uh, we have a couple of entrepreneurs in our community, coffee roasters in particular. And we just said, hey, how'd this event go? And one gal shared how the event went great. They scheduled another one with a local restaurant, Provecho, as you know, Rush, you've been there. Mm-hmm. And she just got to talking about how after the event, they got to sharing with one of the gals that worked there. They've been building a relationship there. And she was just kind of opening up about her life. So that was cool. Like they were sharing about that. And then that led to some more conversation. My buddy, Chris, who is a teacher, he jumped in with something that's been making a lot of sense to him. He brought a scripture. He brought a a thought that spawned a ton more, you know, conversation. Hmm. And everyone was just jumping in. Everyone was diving in, sharing their story in light of what was being shared. There was some celebration. There was some teaching. There was some interaction. Uh, There was some like reflection in light of those things. And dude, we finished it off. I'm so, I'm like really, really excited to say this because we've been doing this for, we're in our fourth year now. And everyone's been always asking us, when are we going to do worship? When are we going to do worship? When are we going to do worship in some of the other communities? And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to force it. Like it's going to be first Corinthians 13. Like if someone's got a song and they can play, they're going to bring a song. Like I'm not going to hire a dude, right? I'm not going to play yeah. a YouTube video, right? And sing this song off this screen. Like it's going to be, it's going to be organic and it's going to come from the life of the people who are actually here. And my friend Annette brought her guitar last night and it was actually really, really even cool part of her story to where she's even at a place where she even wants to kind of like bring that gift and sing as an expression of her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did that last night and dude, it was, it was killer, man. It wasn't forced. I didn't ask her to do it. I didn't put together an order of service. Everything we did last night was just an expression of where we're at, what we're learning, what Jesus is doing or not doing right. And being frustrated about that in our lives. And dude, we just, we got together and it was, it was dope. I love it. I love it for us, man. Sunday night was a cool evening. We got together outside under pavilion, out by the water, some friends condos. And, uh, and we, we, we had a feast. Everybody brought some food to share bottle of wine. We got to, to laugh. We got to catch up. We got to kind of hear a little bit about, you know, where different people are at right now. There were some celebrations. There was also some sorrows. We were able to, to press in on some good news the scriptures in light of that, right? Pray for each other to communion, man, celebrated together, you know, with, with, with a meal. And, uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we, we got together at six 30 dude. And no lie. We, we all left out of there at nine forty five at night. That's awesome. And 
that's to me, I mean, can you meet in a shorter matter of time? Of course. But sometimes, right, there's just a real joy about just hitting that pause button to encourage and exhort one another. And that's what we did. It was simple, man. It was biblical. It's what we see in Jesus. It's what we see in the New Testament. And for those of you who are listening right now, it's, it's as simple as something that you could do. So just like the question that we ended with in the previous podcast about who do you love and start there, you could think through this and say, man, who, who do you know in and around you that's hungry to follow after Jesus? Believer or unbeliever, they're just hungry. When's a good time to maybe set a table, invite everybody to bring some food to share? If everybody brings enough to feed who comes with them, you'll always have enough to feed everybody there and never too much. Yeah. It's, it's really, truly that simple. You could set a day and a time and say, hey, man, let's get together. Let's hear each other's. Let's just let's hear where we're at. And, and if you're wondering, press in. do I have permission to do this? Yes, you have permission to do this. From your maker. Authority <laughs> over all heaven and earth said to go and do this. And if Paul can walk into Philippi and leave after a month, and leave only Lydia, a jailer, and a troubled teenage girl who just got healed from demon possession, left to plant the church at Philippi, I'm pretty sure you can set a table of grace and belonging for you, your friends, and your neighbors. Amen. So we're here for you. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, any way we can serve you in this, hit us up, thetablenetwork.com. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, grace and peace to you. 